Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. The radio and TV version of the show air in over 12 states. This includes both coasts and Silicon Valley. The show also airs in the UK, Caribbean, and Australia. For full show times, plus past episodes of the TV and radio show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. We just launched a free online community to connect past guests, listeners, and others. This community will allow you to network, chat on Slack, or get help with anything else, and a lot more. If you're interested in joining the community, buying some merch, sponsoring the show, or signing up for the newsletter, please go to buildingthefutureshow.com. The show is a proud media partner for the 11th Annual Media Excellence Awards, which are produced by Access Entertainment in Los Angeles, California. The Media Excellence Awards are recognized as the most influential awards show honoring innovation and leadership in all things mobile entertainment, lifestyle, and technology. For more information on how to submit to these awards, please visit MediaXAwards.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Chad Gabriel. He's the Sherpa of Purpose. Chad, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. How are you, man? Very well. Um, your title actually is very intriguing to me, but maybe before we kind of get into all the fun stuff that you're working on, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I grew up uh, in the south suburbs of Chicago. Um, you know, okay. a regular kind of suburban kid. I uh, loved loved playing outside, riding my bike and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I was pretty active in, in baseball for most of my youth. And, you know, today I, today I coach little league travel baseball. out here. Oh, nice. Um, went off to, uh, to the university of Illinois and studied electrical engineering there. And okay. uh, what got you into that out of curiosity? How did I get into that? For the wrong reason, yeah. for the wrong reasons, man. So driving okay. around, driving around, uh, you know, with my parents, we, we didn't come from a lot of money, but you know, I'd always ask, hey, mom and dad, how, how do people, you know, who, who has those houses, the big, you know, the starter castles and doctors, doctors, lawyers and engineers. And OK, so that that's in the back of my mind as a, as a kid growing up. And, you know, it's always that. Wow, those are those are fabulous. And um, also math and science were always really just easy for me. Uh, critical thinking, that kind of stuff, just okay. avoid Legos and tinkering. And so, yeah, and U of I, one of the top engineering schools in the country and figured what the heck let's let's try to get one of those those big houses and see where that goes and uh yeah like i said uh, what i would today you know in hindsight I'd say the wrong reasons <laughs> interesting sure like yeah you mean in the sense of chasing money is that fair yeah, yeah exactly not following my my heart my passion um and, and also largely not being clear on what that was back then so uh yeah yeah okay so you you graduate walk me through your career kind of up until what you're doing now and you actually decided to go back to school which you're currently in correct well it's an executive scholar program that i do uh kind of part-time at, at kellogg here it's just just it's a kind of a one-year boot camp type of deal once a year boot okay camp. um okay yep yep so yeah so i was about to graduate i'm a senior at u of i and i had done some internships with the power company out here uh, and a couple others with some IT firms downtown. And, uh, you know, it got to a point where it's like, oh, man, I don't want to be working with circuit diagrams and schematics and, and sure. generally want to work with people who are more outgoing. And, and, and I also want to use more of my kind of artistic creativity, just whether it's graphics design or, or gosh, music, whatever, whatever way I would express artistically seemed limited in that 
and that career path. So I'm freaking out now. I'm four years into college at U of I, the hardest four years of my life. And talk to my, my guidance counselor and he's like, Chad, don't worry, man. He's like, you've taken a lot of computer science classes. There's, this is, I graduated in, in 2000. So okay. um, he's like, you've, you've had a curriculum that's very similar to a computer science major or a computer engineer. And he's like, there's some options here. He's like, have you thought about web design and web development consulting? Cause I could weave in, you know, the, the creatives, the creative side with kind of the systems design side. And right. one of the things that he said with that really stuck with me is like electricity, it's on or it's off programming it's if or if not i'm like you know i didn't really appreciate that at the time but it was sure very true right and yeah very much so yeah interesting yeah to be able to step back and say i can still design and develop complex systems they just don't involve wires necessarily uh you know you're talking about front end back end database stuff and i mean sure so i decided to do my senior design project for the u of i electrical engineering program for people to basically check out oscilloscopes and multimeters and whatever tools they need for the lab. And so that was my first venture into web development, application development. And I loved it. I loved it. So yeah, I got hired out of school by uh, March 1st, which was a US web slash uh, Whitman Hart merger. And, and as, a, as okay. a consultant, uh, and at that time, again, a lot of kind of volatility in the market, lots of money, lots of people growing quick companies, um, and so March 1st, six months after I started, went bankrupt. And, oh, wow. you know, there were checks that I had been written that wouldn't clear. You know, I was engaged to be married. I was uh, just starting my first mortgage payments on a townhouse that my wife or my, my soon-to-be wife um, were having built and, and my first round of car payments. So I'm, I'm freaking out, right? And, uh, you know, eight days later, I, you know, I, I get a job offer here at Tuthill and I've been here ever since. So that's 17 years ago, over 17 wow. years ago. And, and I was hired as a, essentially what we call a webmaster back in the day. So sure. I remember those days. Yeah. Right. Right. So was, yeah, that was, that, was was that or multimedia specialist or something along those lines. Right. right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that was my kind of venture through school into it. Right. Okay. And then about, um, 10 years into my IT career here, you know, I'd, I'd advance into kind of a, a team lead, a manager, and then a director of application development. And I really got to a point where I felt a little empty. I wanted more fulfillment in my career. And uh, so I talked to Jay Tuthill, who I was reporting to at the time, and, and Tom Kermazi, who's my boss now. And I said, look, I really love to have more fulfillment in life. And I do want to run my own business one day, whether it's my own or one of Tuthill's. And sure. with within two weeks time, basically they're like, we have to get you out of IT um, and into corporate development. And, and we want to start a branding role. You know, I've done leadership facilitation and stuff. And so our brand is centered around our people. So that was one logical reason to take an IT guy and put them into branding. The other one is just that, that the connection to, to web design and development and search engine optimization, just stuff that an IT person does that relates to, to branding and, uh, also the, the graphics stuff that I was doing and, and I was kind of doing print stuff for the company as well. So, so there were reasons that it made sense. And, um, and, and, and so that role I was in to help kind of balance Tuthill's brand with our product brands and to really tell our story. And uh, sure. we had, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get into that place where maybe it's not so much about me and my career, but about our purpose at Tuthill and stuff. So I don't, uh, I'll stop there for now and let you take this where you want to next, man. No, sure. So for people that haven't heard of Tuthill, maybe talk, let's give a bit of an intro of the company. 
um, and kind of what you guys do. And then we'll dive deeper into kind of what, what you do there and what you're currently doing. Okay, perfect. Tuthill, Tuthill is an industrial manufacturing company uh, that is privately okay. by the Tuthills. They, the, the company started in 1892. So we celebrated our, wow. our 125th anniversary last year. That's really cool. It is. Yeah. Fourth generation, family owned. Fifth generation is now in the family and he's, he's the president of one of our lines of business. Uh, an amazingly authentic family who cares so deeply about people. And um, so Tuthill, you know, used to be a, a brick manufacturer. We had quarries of clay and um, we had these, these horses that would haul the clay out of, out of the quarry. And um, you know, there was, there was a, a time when these horses would, would not be able to handle the haul from the heat. They would drop dead of heat exhaustion. And so Jay Tuthill's great-grandfather bought a patent for a steam-powered truck to okay. help these horses haul the clay out of the quarries. And um, so you'll read in some of our literature, you know, that was how we've, we've been saving the lives of our employees or caring about our employees, our four-legged ones, for over 125 years. And so um, anyway, you don't see a lot of steam-powered trucks riding around on the streets these days. Sure. Um, but it, you know, in, inside of the, that, that truck was a lubrication pump that, um, I'm not sure how this happened, but it became kind of the bread and butter pump product, uh, out of the Tuthill pump company. Um, and today we still make it, it's called the L series pump L for lubrication. And it's, it's used in things like, um, you know, clean energy, wind turbines to, to lubricate gearboxes. So it's crazy. A product that long ago is still something we make today. That's great though. Yeah, it's it's cool to connect where we're at today to where we, you know, and the, the whole notion of our culture, which I'll get to in a little bit with you here, but sure, we've been a company about heart right from the start, and and, and that'll make more sense in a little bit. But uh, today we also make um, vacuum and blower systems. Um, we make fuel transfer pumps. We, you know, there's a red one that you might see driving around on the back of a pickup truck that transfers fuel into tractors. You know, those are okay. probably agriculture construction type of markets, but um, in general, Tuthill's markets, we call them foundational markets. They're the ones that grow with the human population. You know, you've got medical, food and beverage, agriculture, construction, water, wastewater treatment. Those are the, those are the markets that, that Tuthill serves. Got you. Okay. So I introduced you as a Sherpa of purpose. What exactly is that? And how did you get that title? Yeah. Yeah. I'm smiling over here. Uh, so that's great. It's brand new. So a uh, new title as of yesterday, but it's been a long time in the making. When I, when I stepped into this role of branding uh, back in 2011, Jay Tudhill and, and Tom asked me to help bring at what at the time was our vision, mission, values, and brand statement to traction. Like, how do we make this real? And one of our bullets in there was, you know, to have a seismic impact on our world. And, and nobody, very few people could connect with that and understand exactly what that meant. And so it was time to kind of reach out and, 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 clarify what that meant and that's actually where the, the story of the horse you know, kind of got unearthed in in the why why does Tuthill this industrial manufacturing company care about uh aliveness and and this company uh this culture of consciousness and, and things like that and so um when we when we got to that point we 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 explored the history of Tuthill and the stand for aliveness that the company was that the Tuthill family um is and launched that notion with kind of a rally cry. Our, our purpose statement is wake the world. And, you know, that always raises some eyebrows. What, what does that mean? And, and so we are talking about, you know, 
aliveness. How do we have folks, how do we show up in a way that has folks get the most out of their, out of their lives and, and, and live a life most fulfilled? Um, and, and there's all kinds of stuff we do for our employees there. And we're just starting to take this outside of our four walls. And, um, you know, but the Sherpa purpose, when we launched this, it was like, we're on a journey here and it's a big one. Um, and we kind of used a mountain climbing theme for this. So you know, picture yourself walking across a, a field and you hit a horizon line and, and up until the point where you get to that horizon line, you really only see the top of that, that meadow, but you get there and now you can see what's beyond that. You know, it's that next meadow and maybe a range of mountains. Well, that's how we've described our journey just so people can kind of visualize it. And right now we are, we are past that first horizon line. We, we described that moment in time when we discovered our purpose as a company, which was to, you know, is to wake the world. And now we're, we're kind of even through that next meadow and right at the foot of the mountains. And, and we're talking about how do we get from what we're doing inside Tuthill to 7.6 billion people in the world uh, and bring aliveness out there. Okay. Interesting. So, in my role, it's really, it's been a, it's been kind of a hybrid of branding and purpose. And so just, we just decided let's, let's shift some focus into just this wake the world effort. And, and so the Sherpa name is really, it, it comes from the Himalayan people, but there's, there's a notion of, it is a person who is a leader and a guide who's on the journey, not just someone pointing fingers saying go there. Like I'm, I'm in it, I'm knee deep in it. So uh, yeah, that's really, that's really where it came from. Interesting. And, and like you said earlier, you've been with them for almost a couple decades, right? Like I think you said 17 yeah. years. So, you know, you're obviously like most people don't stick around at a job for, you know, more than three years, never mind almost two decades. So you must obviously really believe in kind of what you guys have been doing if you've been there that long. Um, but, but I'm curious to know, you guys are doing this, this project called the search for aliveness. What exactly is the film about and how did it come to be a thing? Yeah, The Search for Aliveness is a, it's a docu-series that we're working on. And the, the, what it is about is it's about us discovering a recipe for folks to try to feel okay. more alive, to feel more alive. And that's, that's at the highest level, you know, what it's about. And what we want to do, let me back up, where it came from is every year, and kind of our goal setting process, we call it policy deployment here. We okay. brainstorm and come up with ideas that'll help us achieve our, our goals as a business. And we always look for what are the ones that are most impactful. And so from 2015 through the beginning of 17, most of our efforts on my team have been about let's communicate and share what our purpose is and how, how we want to tell our story, you know, the websites and kind of those mechanical types of things, the brochures, um, speaking engagements. And, and that's, it's been internally focused. And so now I was like, gosh, how do we take this outside of our four walls? Um, what do we want to do first? And it was important for us to say, we really want to explore this notion of aliveness because here we've declared it's our purpose, but we're by no means scientific experts on aliveness, right? We're not okay. great philosophers on aliveness, but we're certainly curious about it. And we're certain we believe in the power of, you know, what, happens in an individual when they're themselves, when they go after what they want and when they do it with other people. And so um, the, the documentary is an idea that actually came from one of, one of the guys that I work with here. He was, he's, he's done some other documentary work and he's like, I think we could pull this off. And um, we, we, you know, got some strong buy-in from the, from Tom and, and uh, the leadership team here. So 
So we're running with it and we've just started really. And um, the idea is to, the idea is to get perspectives of a lot of different people, regular people who wouldn't be considered experts in an area, but just like, cause you and I, I mean, there are things you and I do to feel alive, right? Sure. And you know, that's one of those questions like, what would you say you do to feel alive? That's interesting. Um, it used to be play music. Uh, lately, I think partly is just like, I have a couple young kids. I think just spending time with them is really kind of, um, kind of been more fulfilling, I think, than, than a lot of things in the past. Mm -hmm. I also think part, partly doing the show, right? Because yeah. um, just being able to talk with people like yourself that are basically putting themselves out there, right? And kind of being vulnerable mm -hmm. and, and having real conversations about what they're up to, right? And kind of just being um, real about their kind of ups and downs, the good and bad, the kind of struggles of some of this stuff because you know and and we'll get into this more later but the kind of social media side of like everybody posts like a high right highlight reel of their life where you know there's people that spend hours planning their like instagram photos or their their three or four of them to make themselves look like they have this perfect perfect life right and people buy into that or get depressed because like they don't have this perfect life that some of the people they follow on Instagram have. Right. But we all have problems no matter how kind of rich, poor, or what part of the world you in. Right. And so for me, I think just kind of discovering that and really realizing that makes me feel kind of more alive. I know it's kind of a long answer to your question, but <laughs> it's great stuff, man. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing elements of aliveness and, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go there in a little bit, but you, you talk about um, connection with your family. You talk about purpose and, and sending a, a, a greater, a, a big, big message through your podcast, you know, and then, and then, you know, music might, might tie to something like energy or just being present and in the moment there's, there's, there are facets of aliveness that we'll go out and explore with regular people and, and ultimately thought leaders. So if there are any like thought leaders that, you know, you're like, I am absolutely a thought leader and I absolutely deal with aliveness. I teach people about it. I know about it, you know, thinking about people who really know about oxytocin, kind of the, the physiological side of aliveness or, or the neurological side, or even just like the wellness side, yoga instructors, meditation experts. These are people that, you know, we want to connect with and get their perspective so that ultimately we can blend that with just kind of the, the everyday person's view of what that is and craft a recipe that, People, when watching the docuseries, can say, I want to try that. That works for others. You know, I've, just, I've always wanted to try that, but I haven't. Or, and then hopefully we find some stuff that's just way out in left field. Like, we we never thought of that. You know, and some of the things. Yeah. So, it's not meant to be, like, establishing us as kind of quantitative experts in aliveness. That's absolutely the opposite. It's more very heart-based, qualitative. Let's let's just get the human perspective on this this term and and get it out there because it is a choice. You know, it's, it's something that we are, I think we all have the ability to, to add in our lives. This, this notion mm -hmm. of aliveness. you know, I, I think about, we, you know, our parents and even you as a, as a, as a young parent, like, you know, I've got a couple kids too and our parents teach us how to walk and talk. Right. Yeah. Our, our teachers teach us about math and science and a bunch of other topics, reading and writing. Our coaches teach us how to be good athletes, how to be competitive, how to be good teammates. But who in the world teaches us how to get the most out of life, how to feel alive? 
And mm-hmm. as I think about that, I do believe it's a very unique journey. It's up to each and every one of us to teach ourselves how to feel alive. And, Interesting. And given all of the distractions that we are in front of every single day, I mean, how many screens are like facing you right now? Um, oh, you don't even want to know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> There's six. There's six looking at me right now. There's I'm six. not kidding you. <laughs> so, and, 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 you know, here I hear things like multitasking is a myth. I mean, just the idea of overwhelmed, overwhelming amounts of information flowing at us. When do we slow down enough to think about this kind of stuff? And this docuseries is truly meant to, in this crazy chaotic you know, state of technology, this, this time that we're in, uh, it's easy to become disconnected from other human beings and it's easy to be distracted. So let's slow down and just think about it because we've got this one life to live what do we, what do we mess around with here? Let's think about it. And that's, that's what's at the core of, of this exploration, this, this docu-series. Interesting. So you're basically just trying to get people to think about kind of how they want to live their life, try to find some kind of, it sounds, aliveness to me is partly like happiness. I, I think they're kind of tied together. Would you agree with that? Oh, I'm so glad you went there. I'm so glad you went there. So Yes. Now, aliveness is tied to happiness, but that's a very small fraction of it. In fact, um, so when we talk about aliveness, there are five pillars that we're going to go and explore. And the questions that I'll ask these people that we that are that we're lucky enough to sit down with for the interview process, um, they will be around these five facets. So one of them is connection, whether that other human beings or with nature or even like spiritual. Right. Want to, we want to explore that. One of them is uh, energy. So that is really about, do I have the energy required to, to do what I want in life? And that there's a lot of wellness component uh, in the energy one. So that's two. The third one is being present and engaged. And so that's, am I in the moment or am I worried about what's behind me or scared about where I'm headed? Or am I just right now, I'm present, I'm in the moment and I'm, I'm re- reflecting on how I'm feeling um, you know, and, and that. So the fourth one is, is purpose. How clear am I about what it is that I want in my life? Have I slowed down to think about it? Have I named it, you know, and um, am I part of, you know, an organization that, that has a purpose or not? And does that align? Am I selling out on myself? Um, sure. And then the, the last one, which you touched on. So, so happiness, right? We look at, the fifth category as it's an acronym called sachet, which you may or may not have heard of, but sachet, no. it's at a high level, an acronym for the, the range, the full range of human emotions. So S A S H E T sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, tender. And Interesting. So, so happy. Yes. Is a part of aliveness. But as you look at it from, from the perspective that we are, it's a small portion. I mean, a real, a real life story for me, when I think about aliveness, which in, which, embodies all of those emotions, including sad, angry, scared, which are, which are ones that lead to addiction. People try to numb that part of their lives, what they're seeing in those emotions. And that's alcoholism, drug addiction, you name it. I mean, that's what people don't like feeling. They're, they're still, as humans, we get to feel all that stuff and that's great. You know, we, we, I believe it's great to embrace that. And yet here I am. So story for me, I am at uh, one of my, one of my uncle's funerals and I'm in the church and I'm, I'm very tuned into this cause I've got coaching and I'm talking about aliveness and I'm just trying to notice within myself, what do I do when I'm numbing? I'm just 
I'm not letting myself feel what my body, what my heart wants me to feel. And so, I mean, we've all been there mm -hmm. uh, at a funeral or at a wake. All of a sudden, a wave of sadness overtakes me and I am fighting you know, as hard as I can not to cry, you know, it's like the atom sure, is yeah. clenching up. I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, and you know, just, just trying to put on a, I don't know about a happy face and like, what's behind that? Why do we do that? What is wrong with crying? What is wrong with being vulnerable? Isn't that, you know, something that like, I want, I want to teach my kids that that's a okay. Don't be afraid of how you look in front of other people. And so there's so much depth in this conversation and it's so fun to break it down into the smaller pieces and then explore that like uh and that's no that's that's interesting yeah because it's kind of like how how i think of it and and is basically when you're a little kid you don't really understand what's kind of acceptable and not acceptable to kind of do in public right it could be kind of crying or you know just like screaming at the top of your lungs or you know like at some age you basically somebody or you or whoever or society kind of teaches you kind of the do's and don'ts of what's acceptable acceptable kind of publicly and i think to your point like and and i would probably say this as kind of a male like it's kind of not really acceptable to cry in public right in a lot of circumstances i think it's kind of ridiculous if you want to cry who cares right but like i think just like general and maybe it's a very over generalization i think kind of it it's not really it, it you kind of maybe would get looked at funny or, or kind of maybe even make, get made fun of for crying in, in public yeah. Maybe. Like, which is crazy, right? Well, yeah. What's with that? Where did that come like, from? Why? Like, who is cares? That, why does that perpetuate? You know. Yeah. I I believe that it's because we're not we're not thinking about it. You know, for me, so much about you know aliveness is awareness and choice. So, like, I know about it. What am I doing about it? And when I do nothing sure. about it, that's also a choice. Um, you know, and just here's one for you for you that I love, and you know, it's sure. it's this notion of the the conditioned human versus the human condition. And okay, I think that's what you're speaking to. It's like, gosh, there are just some things like, how in the world did it ever become quote unquote wrong to cry in public? Or, you know, they're just yeah. examples of things that we've put in a box and left there in this world. Yep. And why not dig them out and, and, and re-explore them and see if that's really what we want today. You know, that's that kind of looking forward uh, mentality that that I believe aliveness has a lot to do with, you know. Interesting. So uh, before we kind of dive a little bit deeper into what you guys are doing, yeah. why does a, why does Tuthill care about doing a project like this? Because obviously, um, I can see how the, they tie to what you guys are doing kind of from a corporate side of things, but it's very much um, a bit kind of away from kind of obviously your traditional kind of business model. So why would they want to actually do a project like this? Yeah, man. Great question. And so we've got this document, we call it our compass. It's a pretty progressive vision, mission values, brand uh, document that really guides us on our way. It's at the okay. of every conversation, all our goal setting. And when, when we talk about projects like this, um, so we've got, we've got this notion of we're an ingenious company and that company exists to support flourishing families and spirited communities. And so talking to our employees who are 
you know, 600 extremely hardworking, dedicated employees of Tuthill that are, you know, all over the United States, a little bit in China, a little bit in the UK. Um, these people are providing the fuel for our rocket to do things like this. So, so the notion of waking the world is a very selfless, I'd say, legacy driven purpose uh, and intention that Jay Tuthill and his family, he wants to create that for the Tuthill family so that, you know, we're not going to reach 7.6 billion people in my lifetime. God, that'd be amazing if we did. But, sure. you know, the idea is Tuthill's here for a long time. We've got a clear purpose as a company. And the pumps and, th and things that we make and sell are really the fuel for the rocket. This is our first, like I said, external facing effort. It is almost like a public service project. And, and, and we believe in it because the leadership retreats that we have done here since 2004 have untapped potential in so many people. And it's shown up in ways like, you know, a woman on a, who's worked in the shop floor for, for essentially her entire adult career, you know, people, people in communities that, that are, are, you know, employed by factories often work in the factories, A, because mom and dad work there, B, because that's, you know, it's close to home and it's a good paycheck or there's, there's sure. a number of reasons, but they, um, often sometimes just like level out there. That's the pinnacle of my career. I've made it. That's what I'm going to do to make a living. It's what I know. And breathing a little bit of this purpose and aliveness into, into these people's lives where they otherwise wouldn't be looking for it. We call that, you know, creating space for hearts to thrive. Um, okay. They then get to see, holy cow, I do get to make choices that shape my life and where I go. I'm not just being pushed along by the river. I get to surf this sucker, you know? And um, so this one woman in the, on the shop floor, again, she, she went to through our, our retreats and, and decided she wanted to kind of, stretch herself a little further and had always had interest in being in the air force. So she, she took a, a test um, to, I think be a mechanic in the air force and, and did really well on it. And they said, you could be a lot more than a mechanic. And so her career advanced, uh, you know, she left the shop floor, went into customer service and then ultimately she left and she's in the air force reserves now. So interesting. it's really cool to see, you know, we'll hear, hear stories about you saved my marriage and it's not us who saved our marriage. They saved their marriage, but their awareness of how to approach the situation might have done that. We've also had stories of you, you know, what you taught me helped me to decide to get out of my marriage because I wasn't happy and, and or to spend more time with my family or to leave Tuthill. Like we've had people leave Tuthill because of the clarity they've obtained by slowing down and thinking about what they want and and the choices available to them. And so that's that's really cool stuff. And and again, taking that. Uh, and the awareness that exists around aliveness out into the four world. We want to see what, what becomes possible there. We're, we don't know what kind of partnerships are going to come knocking on our door. Not like, you know, transactional partnerships, like who, who's out there that might be able to help us do this and, and what are we doing, you know, and there's still some questions we have to answer, but the idea is we're much more than a for-profit company. Um, we, we, we believe we can have an impact much greater than making pumps and, you know, making money. No, I, I think that's actually quite fascinating. And you brought up something that I think um, not a lot of companies care about is like, they're always so focused on kind of trying to keep their people, even at kind of no matter what cost and if that person's even miserable. But what you kind of mentioned is actually um, something that's kind of fascinating to me lately is like, if, if your company helps somebody either find something new within the company and, and they keep working for the company or if they find something in themselves 
and they kind of move on, they will always remember what your company did for them in their life. And yeah, they might come back at some point and work for you, but they will recommend their friends and family and others probably for the rest of their life to yeah. come work for you guys because of the positive experience they had kind of working for you and even kind of, um, you know, letting themselves kind of walk away from your company, right? And I think a lot more companies need to think about it like that because it's kind of crazy to think that you're going to start a company and nobody's ever going to leave, right? Like in the history of kind of since business was a thing, basically somebody's left a company at some point for some reason, good, bad, or other. Like, so I think just kind of adopting that and kind of accepting that like you guys have is actually really innovative in itself. It is. It's, you know, the, the whole idea of, um, work-life balance is something that, that we'll talk about occasionally here. It's like, you know what, work is part of life. Why, why separate them? And if sure. we find overlap between what an individual's purpose is and what, what it is that they want is important to them and, and what they might be doing, you know, at work, that's, that's even better because now there's alignment and, and more motivation, more purpose. And, um, but that's where it, it starts with each one of us though. Like, so Telehill's not going to be here and like, say that's your purpose it's it's an exploration you know and a challenge to get clear on what it is that, that i want how, how, how often have you sat down and be like what do i want and answer sure. yeah it's pretty rare right i think a lot of people um don't do it very often if ever right right and then take it a step further why do i want that yeah exactly yeah interesting so what types of people are you looking for the um to actually have um in, in the project well, wow, yeah. You mentioned so, it quickly, but I, I want to kind of dive a bit deeper into that. Absolutely. Yeah. So we we started by, you know, kind of paring down a, a list of personas um, that we want to interview for reasons that, you know, in our conversations, we believe would be interesting perspectives on aliveness. And, and so some of the examples of that would be um, a military service member who's who's seen combat firsthand and, and maybe has even taken, taken a life. Um, okay. what, what is it that their perspective on aliveness looks like, you know, um, there, there are, you know, we all know that the burly dude who doesn't want to talk about the touchy feely stuff and, sure. um, but maybe deep down they, they have a huge heart and are really interested in exploring, uh, the touchy feely stuff. They just don't like talking about it. So sure. want to try that might be a tough one to get. Um, you know, how about those millennials? I mean, they get a bad rap and it's, it's like, what, what a bummer <laughs> for them. And, like, how can we find a millennial to explore what aliveness looks like to them? Just so we can have appreciation for for that and maybe break down some of the stereotypes uh, that that generation faces. Um, you know, the adrenaline junkies. How does aliveness show up for them? You know, the, the people who are, who, you know, skydiving and things like that. You know, want to look look at someone with great celebrity, you know, uh, someone, someone with some pull there. Like, how does that impact their lives? They can't walk in public with their family for crying out loud. Um, and so what's their, what's their take on it? And as, as I go back to those five categories of, of aliveness, uh, I, I think diving deep into those will be really kind of eye opening. And, and I believe deep down there will be some, regardless of, uh, class, culture, race, religion, I'm hoping to, I just want to see like, is there 
a set of universal things. It doesn't, it just doesn't matter. These are the things people do to feel alive. And that's where we kind of start to get to that. What's the recipe we're going to craft and share at the end of this exploration. But yeah, we interesting. Yeah. We have this list. Um, it's, it's on the search for aliveness.com under casting call. And uh, we're looking for, for people that want to apply to be interviewed and we'll come to you. We'll come talk with you. Uh, we want to see what it is that you do to, to feel alive. If you're willing to share that. And, and if it's not you, but you know, someone that fits these recommend them. I mean, we're going to call people and, and like I said, we're just getting started here. We've only done one interview so far. Um, okay. And it was with someone that lives in extreme poverty in Mexico. We went down there and, Interesting. and talked to her to get her story. So really, really cool. Okay. Um, and then the thought. So you're, looking, so you're looking for people globally. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Interesting. And you'll fly anywhere. Yeah, man. Within reason. We can get there. Sure. <laughs> and no, that's, that's really great. That, that's why I, I, I think just even just coordinating all this and finding the people in itself is, is quite a challenge, right? Yeah. That are willing to kind of talk about it. Absolutely. It is. And, and yeah, so we just did the press release on this about a week ago. And I think we've had, I'd say just five or six submissions of people who are like, yes, I am this person. And, you know, we're going to get in that phase of screening kind of, we would talk to them and see what their story is and, and why this was attractive to them. And, and yeah, that sharing requires vulnerability. It absolutely does. And, and like you mentioned earlier, people are more prone to sharing the good in their life, the happy in their life, not the garbage. And so not, we're not looking to make this, you know, the showcase of, of everyone's garbage, but we want it to be real. We want it to be unfiltered. And, and because sure. I believe too, authenticity is a part of aliveness and you know, that's being okay with who you are and, and your, your truth, your story. Sure. So we talked a bit about kind of disconnecting um, before we kind of started recording. What does that kind of mean to you and how does that kind of fit into the aliveness um, that you, we've been talking about? Yeah, disconnecting. Oh my gosh. So for me, I, I have felt, you know, raising two young boys, I have felt the shift of, of say, disconnection um, and lack of interest in exploration. And so the way that showed up for me was, you know, you guys have seen the, the small babies who could just barely sit up on their own, interact with an yeah. iPad, right? Like it's. Oh, yeah. It's there. It's the built-in babysitter, and and if it's yep. not if it's not the iPad, it's it's the phone or it's the it's the DVD, whatever. I mean, you're streaming Netflix. It doesn't matter. That I that and social media has made it so easy to be disconnected and still feel like you're living. Like you, yeah. you get some of the dopamine stuff that you get from you know a, a seeing you know being part of a, a a game on a winning team or or you know there's just so many you know as IRL, right? In real life experiences that I think are, are taking a backseat to the, to the, the digital ones. And again, I'm a guy, I love digital. I love technology. And I'm aware that this, this being always connected might be actually, you know, changing, de-evolutionizing us as humans. Interesting. I don't know where that's going to go. I'm not the science, the scientist, um, you know, but holy smokes, man. Short-term memory. So, we don't need it. We don't need to remember anything because it's always there. It's on our phone. How, how often do people say, I don't know anymore? Yeah. No fair. So 
I, I'm curious though to get your thoughts on what about the people that say or feel fulfilled about kind of living their entire life online? You know, there's even like Second Life was big a number of years ago. I don't know if it's still big, but where you you literally live your entire life virtually. That that would be a great great perspective for us to explore. Like, so what what facets of of our aliveness, you know, kind of perspective, do they feel like they're getting fulfilled online? So say connections, one of those, they have a community that they're a part of. They might actually be experiencing the feelings of that. But what about the oxytocin side of it? What about the actual chemicals that are released in exchange between human beings when you're in close contact or you, or you see some, you know, so I just, that's, that's a great area of curiosity for me. Um, I'd love to explore that. I'd love to share. And, and I don't know, I don't know what that perspective looks like because I haven't been immersed in that way with, with technology, you know? Sure. So how do you disconnect personally? Oh my gosh. So I, I go fishing where there's no signals. <laughs> so no, that's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, we, we go up to, uh, Northwestern Illinois and, and fish and, uh, you know, there's, there's a cell, cell phone tower up there that I don't have that carrier and my signal stinks and I love it. I, I go out there and I'm with, with my wife and my two boys and we're floating around on the boat and we're, you know, just catching some bass and uh, not a worry in the world, man. It's, that's the easiest, most straightforward way for me to detach. And, and again, it's because I can't, I can't connect. <laughs> literally. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. that's been great. No, that's rare. It's rare to find somewhere that you can't get cell service that you yeah. can kind of just hang out at. Right. Yeah. So no, I, I think that's great. Yeah, for sure. Another way, I mean, just, uh, self-taught acoustic guitar. I, I, I'd say I stink, but, uh, it's something I it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter at all. And I always wanted to kind of play around a bonfire and I've got a big family. My mom's one of 12 and we do annual oh, wow. reunions. And so a few years back, I put together like a 26 song set, a little, little Tom wow. Eddie, a little, you know, lumineers, whatever. And it took a ton of courage. Um, but played some songs, sang along and had the whole family going. And that, that's another, you know, that disconnect to, to learn a song, to hold an instrument. Um, technology enables that. Right. But mm -hmm. I'm having an in real life experience, you know, thank God for YouTube and, and all the different ways to learn guitar. Uh, sure. But that feeling and the, the feeling and sense of achievement that comes with actually doing it versus seeing someone else do it or virtually doing it. I can't, I can't imagine that can be topped. It's a really good feeling. No, I, I 100% agree. I, I think everybody should have kind of a creative outlet. It doesn't matter if you're good or bad at it. Um, if, if you can just kind of get some peace and just some kind of relaxation and you can kind of check out, I, I think it makes sense. And if you write songs and you never play them for anybody, but you can get some sort of kind of disconnection and you can kind of just mellow out a little bit I, I think that makes a lot of sense right yeah yeah and it's it's for each person to explore how they want that i mean i for me i love nature like okay it's great to get out there and to feel it to smell the air to hear the sounds and and that you know the the senses that we have to this date can't fully be mimicked electronically it's getting close right with the, yeah uh, yeah that. but i mean there's just there's so much to go and, and, and explore out there in nature. And, and that's something I feel strongly about. I don't know 
you know, what that is for others. And, but to slow down and think about what that is and realize when you find it, what, what becomes possible is a, is a big deal. No, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I think it's actually quite fascinating. Um, I, it's a lot, I think, well, I, I'm 35 just so you have some context. Sure. So I'm like just a millennial. Um, but th the thing that I found is the stuff that you kind of, think about that really matters to you in your teens or 20s may or may not matter to you in your kind of 30s right and it's one of those things that you almost at least for me you've kind of had to pick different things that have kind of kind of disconnected you throughout your your kind of your as you get older at least for me i've kind of found that right and you know there's been times like for me I try to use, um, an, like on the evenings and weekends, sometimes I just use like an older phone. Like I literally take the SIM card out of my phone or I, I, I have a US and Canadian phone number, but um, like I'll use an older phone on the weekends that doesn't have all the email notifications and all the other kind of apps and stuff. And the phone's brutally slow. So like literally I just use it if I need to make a call or like get a text message, yeah. partly because that to me is like, I just get so many notifications in a day, but just being able to kind of disconnect from the, the digital world by just using a crappier phone really works for me. And then I find like, I'm not checking it constantly when I'm like trying to play with the kids in, or something. Right. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, what is it that has you want to disconnect or to have that crappier low tech phone? What, what is really behind that? Yeah. Well, a lot of it's just, you know, not being on it. Right. Cause I, I remember years ago when my daughter was quite young, it's like, she was doing something. I can't remember exactly what she was doing, but like, you like miss these moments because you're staring at the screen. Or if I, if I go see like live music and you're recording or taking photos of the band, you're, you're not, you're like literally watching the show through your phone. Well, then why wouldn't you just watch the band live on YouTube? right? Like stuff like that kind of got me thinking about it. It's like, just put your phone away and, and enjoy the experience. Maybe take a photo or two or shoot a quick video. Sure. Like, I'm not saying don't do that, but yeah. you know, you can see like th there'll be somebody in the crowd that's literally like on their phone or like shooting the whole concert. And you're just like, you're not even at the concert. Like you're, you're physically at the concert, but mentally you're in your phone. So that's always kind of something that that's kind of been fascinating me lately is just kind of enjoying the moment right absolutely man that's that president engaged uh you know pillar of aliveness it's in the moment in the moment am i am i fully present you know why 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 is it important for me to take a video or picture of it is this so i can remember it later i get that or is it so everyone else can see how cool i am okay that's not for me that's for others sure. um, you know and just just that whole yeah the being present piece what does that feel like and it's again uh if we don't capture it it didn't happen kind of right i forget the, the saying for it but uh yeah yeah i know what you're talking about yeah um no that's that's interesting so we're, we're kind of coming to the end of the show but i want to kind of give a little bit more of a quick overview to kind of close out the show mm -hmm. what exactly is the search for aliveness how can people kind of get involved and get more information about what you guys are doing? Yeah. So the search for aliveness right now, it's a, uh, we have six episodes planned for, for it, which will be that journey that is interviewing these people who share who are willing to share their perspectives on 
on their lives and, and, and how they discover aliveness, how they get, how they feel fulfillment. Um, and we want to take that, share it, see what kind of human truths exist in that, regardless of any of the, the social class, geography, religion, money, all that stuff. Um, so that people can try some stuff out and, and hopefully it, it does create, it causes a pause for people to think about it and to, to really live more intentionally to, to choose every day to create what it is that they want. Um, yeah. And, and so the idea is to have a couple episodes ready this year and then, you know, move more into next year. And we're looking for people to really courageously step in and share their stories with us and, and everyone else who watches it so that, I think this really important part of our lives, which is aliveness, uh, can spread. And again, from, from our point of view, it's like, let's get everybody. And, and you know what, if it gets to the point where we need to get this thing in more and more languages, uh, that's a great problem to have, you know? And so any, anybody who's out there listening who can apply or recommend or share what we're doing with organizations that you feel are lighthearted, they, they are up to what we're up to. Um, gosh, contact me directly and let's start a conversation. Uh, can't do this alone. So how, how many do you plan? Like you mentioned six, but like, is it kind of like going to be an ongoing project or you're just going to shoot a bunch and kind of see what happens or (laughs) have you thought about that far yet? Thought about it. Um, and, and so there's a lot of learning. We've, we're, I've never done a documentary or a documentary. Okay. I, I, you know, just the whole notion of how to monetize something like this is new to me. And some of the folks that we're working with on the PR side, like, yeah, that's, that's a possibility. Netflix could pick this up. Sure. Um, we've got a lot to deliver before we get to that point. Um, and yeah, if this continues to kind of fund itself as a project um, and where we can explore deeper and deeper and, and, and reach more and more, uh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. And so, yeah, we've started with kind of a small realistic goal. Um, it's not really small, but something that we felt was realistic given our time, our time frame here. And uh, yeah, man, I would be, it'd be really cool to see this thing blow up. Sure. No, I, I, I think that's, that's actually quite fascinating. And, and I love the fact that you're open to talk about, you don't really know where this is going to go. Right. Because I think so many people that do these kind of big projects, sometimes will talk like, Oh yeah, yeah. It's going to go here and here and here. It's like, well, Maybe, like, and I hope it does, but you don't know, right? And I think just the fact that you guys are kind of open about where you're kind of on this journey and and where it could potentially go, I I think is actually quite fascinating. You know, thanks for bringing that up again, too. So we have this this group of people here at Tuthill. It's it's a team of folks that are coaches, and and they're our Awaken You team. So it's like the Tuthill University, Awaken University. Um, Okay. Yeah, the, the vision is that they'll open the doors to the public to teach and hold the retreats that, that we, we do internally uh, within like the next five years. And so those, those folks, you know, so I'm on the brand team, right? And a lot of what we do is promote, promote, promote. And mm-hmm. very intentionally, what we promote is authentic promotion, just like the story mm-hmm. of our culture and why Tuthill cares about hearts and people. Like that's not something we fabricated for storytelling. It's real. And as we presented this idea of the documentary to them, they requested, you know, and it was cool. Don't go out and just pitch aliveness as the best thing in the world. Please just be open to what you might learn as you explore it. And that actually led into the name. Like it was going to be like the aliveness project, but we're like, you know what, this is a search. We're not out here to, with an agenda as experts, we, we truly want to go on behalf of people who care about 
life, getting the most out of it and aliveness. Let's go explore that on their behalf. This is a project we're pri privileged enough to have, you know, Tuthill sponsor um, for, for that reason. And, and I love that advice because it does help me to say, you know, even though right now I'm talking to you about five pillars of aliveness, there might be 10. And, you know, how, how about numbness? Let's explore that and see, see what's going on. And, you know, uh, and just, again, it's almost like a public service video. Uh, but with that open mind, it, it don't know where it's going to go. And I hope people love it and, and want more. No, I, I think it's great, man. Um, but sadly, we're out of time. So let's close the show with mentioning where people can get more information about Tuthill, the project, and anything else you want to mention? Absolutely. So, so for Tuthill, you can go to you know, www.tuthill.com to learn more about our culture and our story. Just click on the Our Story link. Um, for the actual documentary, it's thesearchforaliveness.com. And if you're you know, thinking about you know, somebody that, or you want to see the, the roles that we're casting for, just click on casting call up at the top. Um, Kevin, I don't know if you'll share my contact information, but feel free to, to do so uh, along, along this podcast. So people can reach out to me. I'd love to talk with anyone who's interested or has ideas um, for us in this journey. Sure, man. I, I have no problem uh, passing that along. Thank you. Um, but Chad, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you. And have a good rest of your day, man. It was my pleasure, man. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks very much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. To join the free community, buy some merch, sponsor the show, or sign up for the newsletter, please visit the website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.